Hello, hello. Hello. So, uh, has everybody else noticed how everything freaking sucks in the world? Yeah. It Everything sucks right now. Everything is just horrible. And so, it's making me rethink today's episode just a tiny bit because today's episode is pretty gruesome. But maybe it'll bring a little bit of hope and... Uh, strength back into a lot of our thoughts even though the news are not too um uh reassuring these days mm-hmm. so what i'm getting at is i have another survivor story today oh good intense as hell <laughs> um <clears throat> so without further ado let's oh my god i can't believe i'm not gonna acknowledge the listener stories hello they were great um, yes, they were. We got a lot of listens on the first day that they were both posted, so that's cool. Um, hope we did those stories justice because they were very interesting and creepy. Mm-hmm. And we hope to do another run of those. Yes, I've already got um, a couple people send in some more. So, oh, nice, thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, yeah. <clears throat> Um, so I was on Amazon Prime as per usual, checking out their, uh, little documentaries that they have on there, but this actually got suggested, um, through a TikTok. This guy did a TikTok and was like, two documentaries that'll stay with you or something like that. And so this was one of them and it's called Allison and it was on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> here we go. Um, I couldn't shake the feeling of the disbelief after seeing what and hearing what happened to this woman, just FYI, just in case. And also like trigger warning because there's a lot of violence and graphic content in the following episode. So if you don't like um, any of that, then I wouldn't listen to this episode, honestly, because this is pretty intense. So this is like a mind over matter situation, in my opinion, because this just is insane. Um, the documentary, like I said, is called Allison and it's on Amazon Prime. It opens um, to like a storybook being opened and her bedroom is like whimsical. And so it's very, it's a weird like juxtaposition to like what she's about to talk about because it's almost like she's going to tell us a fairy tale pretty much. Oh. Um, and so she's 27 years old when this happens. Um, Allison had just enjoyed a beach day in South Africa on December 18th, 1994. I believe she had just moved there. Um, and she had uh, some friends come over after the beach and stuff. And uh, then she gave them ride rides home. And she had to get the laundry from one of their houses, one of their apartments. So she gets her laundry and gets back in the car and drives back home. Well, uh, her parking spot was taken whenever she got back. Mm-hmm. So already I was like on edge thinking about like how if one little thing throws off something, it makes me immediately weary of the rest of the night. Just, yeah. It's weird. It's If anything throws off my routine, it feels like something's going to happen. I don't mm-hmm. know. So anyway, <clears throat> I wonder if that's how she felt. I'm about to sneeze. No, Uh stop it. That reminds me of uh, Final Destination. Because, like, weird shit happens at first. And that's what they, like, remember 
to you know, get their attention and yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. I want to rewatch those. I need to find those. I, I don't watched, think they're streaming anywhere. Well, the fifth one, I didn't even I don't I thought I had watched it already, but I hadn't. And we watched it last night, the fifth one, and it was really crazy. Like it the end is was probably my favorite part. Was it so it was good? It was like entertaining? It was entertaining. The acting could have okay. been better, but it was entertaining. We watched those for the kills. Yes. Which are so violent and crazy, but um, I'll have to check them out again. Because, yeah, this is exactly how I would think it would feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so she drives up. Her parking spot is taken, um, so she has to park further than usual. It's dark at this point, um, and she hadn't locked her, I guess, her car door. So before getting out, a man opens her door and puts a knife to her throat. Oh, shit. It's like such a nightmare situation. Um so she felt the knife at her throat and he said, move over or else I'll kill you. Mm-hmm. So she did as she was told and she chose to believe um, the best as she put it. She didn't want to believe the worst. So she chose to believe the best. Um, he began driving and said his name was Clinton and asked if she had a boyfriend, which gave her a false sense of security. Uh, I think she said yes. I'm pretty sure. And so then he said that he just wanted to use her car for about an hour and that he didn't want to hurt her. Um, So they're driving, they're driving. She is considering jumping out of the car, but she just stayed in the car. They pick up another guy who's a lot scarier than the guy driving. She said that he had dead eyes and that she immediately lost hope when she saw him. Uh, So they keep driving for miles until there's no more lights or buildings and they stop in a dark area in the middle of nowhere um i had to watch this scene over and over to get the details so it was really horrible Mm -hmm. um but here we go he he leans over to her and he asks are you gonna fight and she doesn't know how to answer that question so allison is pretty much raped um by first the man who she thought was named clinton but then when the other guy who we find out his name is theus or teus uh he calls to him and calls him Franz. So now we know his name is Franz or Franz. And uh, so he's finished raping her and then Theus or whatever gets in the car. And uh, it's strange because whenever they're talking about this moment, uh, she says that Franz corrects the way Theus is talking to her and says that she's a lady and that she should be made love to or something. And he's the other guy is just being so like vulgar, but it's, I mean, it's rape. Like both. It was just weird, but um, horrible nonetheless. So Theus gets in the car. Um, As soon as Theus gets in the car, he uh, becomes extremely violent right away. He grabs her by the throat. And the last thing she remembers before seeing black was her bowels evacuating. (gasps) Oh, God. So so everything goes black, and the next thing she knows, she's on the ground, it looks like, and um, Franz is over her, and with the headlights behind him, it ironically looks like a halo around his head, and he's stabbing her over and over again. Um, He stabbed her abdomen, um, pubic area, 37 times, and she had been disemboweled, so her intestines are completely outside of her body. Oh, my God. Theus... it was, I guess, Theus got a turn to be a disgusting monster because then he's the one that slit her throat first. And then Franz pushed him out of the way and continued slashing her throat 17 times. Oh, my God. 
horrible. And she's seeing all this. Her eyes are open. Um, it's horrible. And the reenactment was actually very haunting. And um, I wouldn't say well done. I don't know how to feel about reenactments. I usually don't like them. They're usually corny and they take away from the story. But yeah. in this case, it was disturbing and pretty horrible. Um, it's, it's uh, I guess, recorded in her point of view. So it looks like you're the one laying there. and They're just like stabbing you over and over. Oh, God. Um, so they... They pretty much leave her there um, in the sand, barely breathing through the severed wind- windpipe um, in her throat. And they threw her clothes out the window and drove away in her car. And uh, she said she felt her breathing and heard it and that it sounded awful. Um, and that she heard almost an ambient sound like in the background. She felt herself leaving her physical body. And it was as if she was lifted off the ground out of her body. Um, she saw herself getting further and further away and then all the noise just stopped. She describes it as she felt far enough away, but she felt that she still had a choice um, and she could go back. And so she chose to go back to her body and oh then sound. She like could hear again. It was very strange how she um, just, just described that. Mm-hmm. So here's the next part. So she's she's trying to regain consciousness essentially. She's laying there, um, I believe, on her stomach. The first thing that she did was write their names in the sand. Mm. She used her finger and wrote Franz and Theus. Tians, I think his name is. I can't. I, I don't know. I think Tians is his name. Tians. And then she wrote, I love mom. Oh, my God. That is so sad. I know. And she's just bleeding to death. Like, that's she did that first. So I kind of wanted to wonder if that was true or not, but I mean, it's horrible for me to doubt her story. I believe her, of course, but that's just so shocking to me that instead of like trying to do something immediately to stay alive, she made sure to at least write their names so nobody could um, be hurt like that again, because at least they'd have names to go catch the guys. You know? Yeah. Um. So anyways, she... Then feels something wet on her legs, and she saw that her intestines were outside of her body. Um, she was able to lift herself up um, a little bit and used a denim shirt that they had thrown out of the car to hold herself in. I can't even imagine. <laughs> she realized crawling wasn't going to do very much, um, and it was it was hard for her to hold the shirt um, and herself up and and crawl. So she hoisted herself up onto her feet. And everything went black as she stood up. So brace yourself because what the fuck, you guys? Um, no disrespect. This is like crazy. But um, I'm sharing every detail from the documentary. Um, and I, but I still can't believe it when I like read it back. Mm-hmm. So she stood up. She saw black. And she reached up to where her throat um, should be. And she stuck her hand into a gaping wound. Um, so she, her head had flopped backwards. Oh, my God. Uh, no. And so she was nearly decapitated. So when she reached up to her throat, she had to reach kind of behind her, like almost between her shoulder blades to pick up the back of her head. Stop it, dude. Yeah. How are dude, you still no, alive? No, that's what I'm saying. That's why this is so hard to believe. And it's not us trying to be disrespectful, but it's like, this can't be real. It's just horrible. So she almost, she was almost decapitated people. So, um, I had to get off my chest that I, it's unbelievable. And that's why we're in shock. We're not, you know, doubting that this happened or Mm -hmm. she's a survivor after all. But, um, so, but do we really believe that their names were written in the sand? 
I do. I feel like if you think that you're going to die, I, it just, I would probably want to do that. Like that would be. In a perfect world. Yeah. But I mean, like, I want to know, I'm once again, I'm trying not to be a hating ass bitch, but that's a big hero move. And I mean, I would want to embellish that. I'm not a liar, but I mean, if that was something I, if I died and I was like, I wish I could have gone back to do this A, B, and C, that would be what I would tell people. Like, Mm. I wish I would have written their names and said, I love my mom or whatever. So low key, I was kind of like, let me Google that if they ever went to the site, the scene of the crime and were like, oh shit, she wrote this. Mm -hmm. And what'd you find? I didn't, I because I felt mm-hmm. bad even I felt bad even doubting it. So I was like, I'm just gonna leave it in and believe her because that's incredible. Um, good for her. What you know. the fuck? <laughs> is? But I, I mean, do you get where I'm coming from? Yeah, I, I mean, a, I get it. <laughs> I don't think you're being an asshole. I get it. That's a good question. I mean, that's a good thing to question. But at the same time, I feel like it's believable. Like with your head. Okay. I mean. <laughs> If you, especially if she has, for her to be able to gather herself, like there has to be some sort of adrenaline going on, and yeah, that's another thing. Like she wasn't in shock. Like I, don't I mean, she probably shock. was. And whenever you're in shock, that's usually you don't feel anything. Damn. Yeah. Maybe so right. okay. that's what drove her. She's like, okay, gotta do this, gotta do that. Yeah, and then I gotta that's go. exactly. Yeah. Okay, because I mean that makes more sense because she is a very confident person when she's like telling the story and everything. So. Okay, so um, incredible. So, okay, back to the story. As she tells it, suddenly she felt something take her to the road. Like she took one step and then it felt like she wasn't walking anymore. Like there was something else like holding her up. Um, And then she dropped onto the road. She was lying in the road naked, covered in blood with her insides wrapped in a sandy t-shirt or a denim shirt. And a car comes towards her and slows down and then drives away. What the fuck? Fuck that. They were like, no, this, we're not going to do this. We're on our way home from wherever. What the fuck? Why would you? How can you turn a blind eye to some shit like that? Yeah, at least call somebody shit. Maybe they thought it was just an animal because, I mean, you don't believe you're just going to stumble upon a person. Something like that. Jesus Christ. Which reminds me, there's another, I'm trying not to pick so many survivor stories, but there are just some incredible freaking stories. Um, but anyway, this has happened before where somebody sees something so unbelievable and then they just drive away because they don't know what to do <laughs> or they just want to not get involved. Um, but anyway, so another car comes by and luckily they stop. A guy hops out um, and I'll tell you his name later. Uh, he hops out and sees what happened. It looks like he has a group of people in the car with him. They're college students. Um, he lies with her on the ground and holds her hand for the 40 minutes that they wait for the ambulance. And um, luckily, the ambulance was able to be called because in 1994, there were barely cell phones. Like, those huge, big things, I'm pretty sure, were the last model of, like, cell phones at that time. So um, they were able to call an ambulance, and they waited. Um, She gets examined, and the doctor cries at this part um, when they're interviewing him for the documentary. And he just had never seen human destruction done to that extent. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, so brutal and ferocious is how he described it. Um, Another doctor goes on to say that the injuries were severely cruel and that the cruelty of it shocked him. Uh, These doctors just seem so genuine and, like, compassionate um, when they're talking about her and stuff, which I feel like it should be. But, I mean, we're not all, you know, perfect 
you know, robots or whatever. So mm-hmm. I understand that it's a lot of pressure. Uh, but the way they were talking about it was just very, like, kind. They were very kind doctors. Anyway, so um, uh, one goes on to say that things happen for a purpose sometimes, and that's a good definition of what a miracle is. So he can consider this a miracle, even though he's very um, strongly a believer in science and miracles are not something he usually just admits something is, but they believe that this was a miracle. Mm-hmm. Her neck was cut ear to ear. Her trachea uh, windpipe was cut um, across her throat, and she was breathing through a gaping hole above her collarbones. Oh, my God. Um, so it was almost like her head wasn't even like there. Like, yeah. <laughs> horrible. So um, they pull back the sheet, and they see that Loops of her small bowel are lying on top of her stomach and that there is sand, charcoal, and what looks like lumps of lamb chopped fat in her intestines. So they're extremely contaminated and seeing inside her abdomen, they can see that it's unlikely that she'll be able to bear any children, but luckily there are no more like, there's no damaged organs besides like the ones in the main pubic area. Um, So... Dr. Dimitri Angelov or whatever was the general surgeon that took care of her reconstruction, essentially, of her abdomen. And he spoke about her really sweetly and complimented that her signature and and that she put the phone number of her mother down on her consent form um, in the hospital before her surgery. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was just really nice about it. And he cleaned her intestines with his hands, even using a scrubbing brush to clean them as best he could. Um, and the blood vessels were severed in her throat, so she would have hemorrhaged it had those guys not found her in time. Yeah, um, The esophagus was undamaged and none of her important organs were damaged. She had knife punctures along her chest and um, on her abdomen, but luckily they didn't like penetrate through to get to her organs somehow, which is crazy. Um, so... She had only been disemboweled. That was the main the main thing that the damage that was done yeah, and besides her throat. So police officers arrived the early morning after her surgery to speak with the doctor about the rape case. And Franz from um, Franz was already known by that officer from a previous arrest, um, which was another rape. And uh, Monday morning he met Franz and Tians at the station. They were picked up Um and so that way they could be identified by which, okay, this whole thing is very traumatic. So remember we're in South Africa and it's the 1990s because there's a few things that are kind of messed up that would not be um, good ways to handle this now. Mm-hmm. But at the time they needed the victim to identify, I'll, I'll explain in a second, but um, Dr. David Com Com C O Y M Coem Com. Um, <laughs> He's the one that spoke to the police officers, and they, uh, the officer, I think his name was Melvin Humple, introduced himself to Allison and told her that he would be in charge of her case. And Allison identified uh, Franz and Tians through photographs. And officers returned, saying that the lead prosecutor advised that they'd get, uh, they'd have a stronger case with a verbal identification. So then, they had to um, confirm the attackers from Allison uh verbally instead of written or um pointing as she had before and this is due to her having just had 
throat reconstruction surgery, so she couldn't speak. Um, so they had to remove this tube in order for her to do this for uh. the prosecutor to have a stronger case. Uh, and the doctor was kind of frustrated about that, and he did not want her to do it, but she didn't even hesitate. She just said, remove it, and then she said, that's wonderful, and my attackers were Franz and Tians, and that's all. That's all she said. And so those guys were taken into custody. So that's just one thing that was kind of frustrating about how they how they did their business because it gets worse. Her friends got wind of what happened, um, and they were distraught. Obviously, they would see her at the hospital. They had not been able to see her right away after uh, with all the multiple surgeries going on at that time. And so, and she also had to be treated every day too to motivate new cell growth. They had to like scrape her abdomen wound until it bled. Uh, yeah to stimulate the cells to grow and so she was in pain every day and then obviously it's a very traumatic I won't say obviously but it was a very traumatic emotional experience for her and then having to deal with the court case at the same time mm-hmm. so a lot so um officer Melvin um Humple had discussed that the previous victims had been threatened but they still ended up telling the, the police what happened like the first not maybe not the first one but one of the victims had waited a week because they said you know we'll kill you if you go to the police so she waited a week and then reported what happened and then the next victim waited a day and then went and reported what happened so they knew that they were going to kill their next victim should they ever rape another woman again oh my God. because they just didn't want to get caught they didn't want the cops to you know have another report about them or whatever mm-hmm. so so this was pretty much planned that once they raped her they were going to kill her so that's horrible franz is surprised that allison had survived because when the when the officer tells him what he's accused of which is attempted murder franz goes why attempted and then that's when officer humple says she survived oh god and he was really shook about that. Mm-hmm. And he pulled the ring off his finger and gave it to the officer because it was Allison's. And there was still freaking blood on it. Oh, my God. And he was like, I might as well tell you everything since she will anyway. Like, he was completely just like, it was more of a, um, a hassle for him than, oh, my God, I committed a crime. Yeah. Or, oh, my God, I feel bad that I did that to her and she survived. Like, Jesus Christ. So, all samples. Um, so, it looked like they were going to plead guilty but just in case officer humple is trying to build a strong enough case anyway so all samples uh needed to be sent to forensic labs for analysis and things like that they took lots of pictures of like the crime scene and they took pictures of this is where it gets kind of invasive is they took pictures of all her wounds every single day to like show how long it's taking for the healing process Process. to happen because Mm -hmm. they really did have to they ripped up her her lower stomach so they really had to like put skin get her skin to grow and kind of like sew her back together Mm -mm. so she cooperated surprisingly but it was a lot of trauma on her because they needed to just document as much as they could Mm -hmm. and after only five months she was evaluated by a clinical psychologist which i don't think is a lot of time especially i don't know if she was having therapy during those five months after what happened to her Jesus. So, um, so she cooperated, even though that, that sounds like a lot to ask everything that's going on. And she said that it was the collecting of the photos and stuff was humiliating for her and trauma inducing. Another thing at this time was that in court, the victim would have not only to be present with their, uh, attackers in the courtroom, but they actually had to walk over to them and stand behind them with a hand placed on the perpetrator's shoulder as a way of identifying them for a photo to be taken. What? Horrible. 
bad, bad, just bad practice. Yeah. So this um, officer Humple, bless his heart, he said he proposed that a one-way glass identification uh, process be set up where they just bring in a line of criminals and the person is on the other side so that they can't see her, but she can identify uh, who did what. Mm-hmm. And so that's what's done now in South Africa. Thank goodness. But could you imagine that shit? I would say, fuck you. I don't need to be touching that person. Like, yeah, like that's way too close. <sighs> horrible. So <clears throat> she was still really scared and petrified. Um, she said that the room still felt very small, even with the glass there. And she was afraid. Um, so she went to the police station and they put her in that room with the one-way wall uh, and you can see the tape and you see the guy leading the process just straightforwardly asking her questions. And um, he pretty much said, uh, can you identify who tried to murder you and who raped you? Like he just says it like nothing. Mm-mm. And she just she but she goes on and just says it straight flat out without stuttering or trembling at all. She says um, him and him and she points to them. Um, and it's so strong and confident on the tape. It's crazy. And that's how she was the entire time. If, if you watch like the the clips that are in the documentary, she is unwavering with her answers and she is very serious about participating, which is very crazy. I mean, it's, it's very strong of her. So mm-hmm. Franz requested to have a pastor cleanse the demons from his body because um, I guess the devil made him do whatever heinous crimes he's committed. And he proclaimed that he was a Satanist. Um, he was cocky and he talked about incubus and succubus and they thought of that he was just using this as a ploy and he acted like he was possessed. And I don't know if it was for the insanity plea or not, but he just made it like apparent that that's what he believed in and stuff. Mm-hmm. So whenever, right before their court date, uh, Officer Humple leans in and tells Franz and Tians, I'm not handcuffing you and uh, I'm telling you why. And it's because it would make my day if you ran. I wouldn't bat an eye. Uh, I would have shot them is what he says if they tried to run away. So he just gave them that opportunity to like let. And and he said he doesn't hunt or like killing. He's never killed anybody, but he would not have hesitated to shoot them if they tried to run that day. So he just didn't handcuff them. Um, Franz's father, um, they say that this is the reason he couldn't deal with what Franz had done. And so two years after this broke, um, he committed suicide. Oh, jeez. Um, the statements in the document, the judge made sure the language was very clear that these two men were dangerous to society and they should never be released. They should never get parole. Um, <laughs> ew. They put... What was that? <laughs> never they should never get parole or anything so they he tried to make it as impossible as possible for them to get out in the statements in the documents so she was removed so she was very detached emotionally during the case during the court case um, proceedings and stuff and she didn't get bothered by that as much she did by the media attention she did not like how much attention that she got in the media and uh, she was grateful for the trial because a lot of people don't get trials. Yeah. Uh, But um, she just didn't like that part. And so her mom helped her um, heal up and she would bathe her and stuff and she would uh, tend to her wounds that need to be cleaned every day. And, um, but she still fell into a deep depression, even with the strong support Um, She stopped caring. She had to remind herself that she had chosen life when she chose to reenter her body. 
So that idea and the Rotary Club invitation for her to speak about her experiences brought her back to life and gave her a new purpose. So she felt better the more she shared her story. Yeah. So her talks helped her start a business and helped her grow and inspired so many with her story of survival in South Africa. Her ABCs and overcoming obstacles, um, she uses them for everyday things, not just traumatic experiences, but uh, they are attitude, behavior, and choice. And she applies those to any question or doubt that she has. Um, She just applies those. Wow. She says often, we can't control everything that happens in our lives, but we can control what we do when things happen in our lives. Yeah. Um, And in the papers years later, she sees that they may get a chance for parole. So she's scared about that, even though the judge tried his hardest to make it impossible. She receives an email from a woman in America whose daughter is having a relationship with Franz, a known sex offender. And the mom, I guess, wants Allison's help. Um, So that was one thing that ticked her off and upset her all over again. And then Franz, um, she sees that he has access to Facebook and sex room sites. And she goes to the authorities and reports that he's online somehow from prison. And she asks that uh, discretion be kept about her reporting him. And the authorities printed out her email and gave it to Franz. Why? I I don't understand. I don't know. It's horrible. So... Franz also had the freaking nerve, dude. He said that he would do an interview for this documentary if he could get a percentage of whatever Allison makes from her talks and books because he believes that he's the reason for her success. Are you serious right now? What the like, fuck? What he did made her success possible. What a without, fuck? Without him, without him, she wouldn't be Jesus Christ. And uh, he also wanted a letter, a letter of forgiveness from Allison and he wanted her to sign it. Oh my God. I would have gone into that <laughs> fucking prison and murdered him. I know. So obviously the, thank goodness the producers denied his requests and they were like, fuck you. We don't need to hear anything. Yeah. What the fuck? Um, <clears throat> so Allison went on to get married. The marriage didn't last, but she had two healthy boys. Um, oh, she got she was- to have babies. Yeah, she did they didn't think that she would be able to bear children um, naturally or, you know, without some struggle. And she fell pregnant really easily. So she, um, yeah, she had two beautiful boys and she deserves it. Um, she's still doing talks and stuff. Uh, as far as the two guys, they got, um, according to the documentary, I did look up a new uh, article because they post, they did a new article July of this year updating on the whole case. So mm. I'll read that in a second but on the 7th of august 1995 franz do to it do it do it franz was sentenced to three life terms with no parole and um tians kruger was sentenced to one life term in 25 years with no parole good fuck him they should have been there for- <sighs> should have been fucking murdered <sighs> gutted like fish gutted like fish yep so um, the guy who – I'll read about that part because it was very touching. So she was on the road and um, crawled through the brush to the street and laid across the white lines. And um, Tian Eilard and his friends are the ones who found Allison. So Tian Eilard 
Oh, and he is just so sweet and nice, and he went on to be a do- become a doctor. So, okay, so she would collapse on the road. They were amazed that she was still alive. Fortunately, one of them had a cell phone because they knew they needed to get an ambulance there as fast as possible. Tian knew that he couldn't let the woman fall asleep, so he continued to talk to her, telling her calmly to breathe. After an hour uh, and 45 minutes, ooh, it was an hour and 45 minutes, an ambulance finally arrived to take Allison to the hospital to receive life-saving surgery. Um, no, she was covered in a fine layer of black sand. Her eyes had hemorrhaged and they were blood red. Her hair was matted with sand, twigs, leaves, and dried blood. Her knees were cut and scraped. Just horrible. So that's the guy. He went on to become a doctor. There was something else. Oh, here it is. So... No, it's not. He, they wrote about how he, like, took off his shirt and, like, did all this stuff for her, which I believe it because, you know, I would do that for her. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but so, anyways, he was very heroic and he acted quickly and uh, they waited for the ambulance. So, which, I mean, l- that's kind of smart because you don't want to move her with her body in that shape. Yeah. So, I guess that was the safest bet. I, I would have wanted to drive her just to get there faster, but, I mean... If it would have been more of a risk to move the body than. Yeah, especially, I mean, she's like falling apart. So, yeah. Yeah, it would be too much stress. And I mean, me not being a doctor, I wouldn't know like what could possibly go wrong with doing that. So, um, yeah, crazy, right? That is fucking crazy. That she survived is just amazing. Her name is Allison Botha, B-O-T-H-A, I believe. Um, and yeah, you can check out that documentary on Amazon Prime if you want to because it's pretty intense and um, it's weird. But she's she talks about everything and it's just very um, inspiring. Yeah. So what did you think? I thought that was nuts. Every time you always do um, survivor stories and they are just fucking crazy. I can't shake it whenever I see that. I just, I can't believe it. So thank you. I'm glad you liked it because it was pretty awesome to see. Yeah. How, how somebody can just go through something like that and then just keep going. So let that be some inspiration for all of us, huh? <laughs> Sure. I know I'm over here all fucking pissy. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, you sounded really You're like, let's let that be a lesson. That shit could be worse. Our intestines could be coming out and our throats can be slit. Yeah, we don't we can't complain because you know, people have actual things going on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we all have a right to complain, but yeah. Um anyways. The freaking cuties situation on Netflix. Oh my god! Please don't even get me. <laughs> I was waiting to ask started. you about that. I've only seen, I haven't seen anything on Twitter. I haven't gotten no. onto any social media about it at all. But don't do it, dude. I did some YouTube shit about it because I was do curious. It. I there was um, drama a long time ago about it. Um, Whenever, but the now that people have seen poster it, has exactly. come out, yeah. I don't understand why they thought that was going to be a good idea. Like, <laughs> I know. Execution. Mm-mm. I just. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty interesting. It's really fucked up. It. And I mean, I it's a lot of it really does fucking happen in real life. Like, it's supposed to be this coming of age story. And I mean, 
that's they just didn't have to show it with those little girls. Yeah, because there's ways. Nobody wants to see it. I mean, that fucking does happen, but nobody wants to see that shit. You know, no one. It's fucked up to watch. It just wasn't worth the risk. If if the point was to have us see how uncomfortable we should feel, yeah, it's like like testing the water. That's exactly what they were doing. Should feel uncomfortable. Yes, but it's like why even put it out there? Because okay, obviously we should know. Yeah, everybody knows. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, everyone knows so, that it's fucked up. Like, you're trying to... Yeah, if that was what they were trying to do, it totally just backfired. It really did, because yeah. everyone knows that that should not be happening and that it is happening, but making a movie about it isn't going to fucking stop what is happening. You know what I mean? Like, I don't... It was supposed to bring awareness, and it fucking did. I mean, all this shit but all it did was just piss everybody off in like the worst way possible well, it's, not it always upset because i'm waiting to see oh no they it's already begun that it's become a political party thing or like a yeah of course this it is, is. Liberal yeah agenda. yeah, this yeah. Is, you know, they everything empowering. gets turned into fucking political gonna party that's what i'm worried about they're gonna twist it and be like no they everything think this is, is empowering. yeah they're showing us uh yes what's wrong with they've the already done and it then, and then, of course, the you know other side will take it and be like Republicans are trying to, whatever. Yeah, it doesn't have to be about that. I mean, it's black. It's a black and white situation. Like pedophilia is disgusting. Yeah. Um, you shouldn't be interested in seeing that kind of stuff unless you know you have a problem. But it's mm-hmm. just become a thing. Yeah. That's well, internet and drama. I guess like you watched Good Boys, right? Yes. Okay, good point. Go on. So I feel like they were trying to do something like that, but they just went a little too extreme. <laughs> like, because some of the shit that they do in that movie is fucked up. So Yeah, but that's at least meant to be humorous, which is still not right, like, all the time. Yeah, but, but it's also I mean, little boys, so it's okay for little boys, happen. but... But then they couldn't even see it. They couldn't even see their own movie. That's another issue. Yeah, and I'm sure those did were those little girls even allowed to watch that movie? Like No, they should it was TVMA or whatever. Okay, there we so go. So that's the thing is like they're having them exactly that's what I'm saying. Like they're having them act out these scenes, but it, legally they can't even watch stuff like that. Yeah. Which is wild. Well, parents so, sign off on shit, so I mean whose fault is it really? Of course. Absolutely. Well, I mean, we can go we can go anywhere with that too, with like you know toddlers and tiaras, beauty pageants for like little babies. Yeah, that and shit's fucking crazy. Too. It's a whole thing. It's just you know times are changing, so that's good. We can look forward to that. Yeah. Um, ooh, you know what I started watching today? What'd you start watching? Oh no, you're gonna hate this. When? This is already the Paris Hilton doc on YouTube. Oh my god, I actually did want to see that, but only because she. You her and Benji Madden, my future husband, uh, they dated for a little bit, and I wanted to see if she said anything about him because she. I wonder if that's how Nikki got introduced. What? I wonder if that's how Nikki um, Nicole Richard. What's her name? Nicole, Nicole Richie. Richard. <laughs> Nicole Richie. I think Joel and Nicole Richie met first, and then through that is how Benji met Paris. Uh, I think that cute. is how it worked. I can't remember. I was deeply obsessed with knowing how everything. I hope she worked. talks about that because I don't know if she does. Well, yet, she but... talks about 
she's been in at least five relationships that were like abusive. So that's why I was like, oh, I wonder if she's one that I know. I was like, what the fuck, dude? They talk about some shit for real about her in school or in her private school. Yeah, Yeah. I wanted to do that too. So I didn't know about any of that, and of course, you know, I don't know. It's this whole celebrity thing that started back during that time is just so weird to me. Like how obsessed we were with celebrities and paparazzi, yeah. how much money they make just from being so invasive of, of people's privacy. Yeah, it's horrible. It's, They're not even humans. Yeah. And all we can do is judge and call her a bimbo and stuff. But then I like watching this gives you a whole lot more insight and makes you, you know, feel really bad. She has a lot of trauma apparently that yeah. she hasn't dealt with <clears throat> and you just don't even really know and she talks about how it's a struggle to keep her character going and i wonder if that's really common among actors especially oh absolutely mm-hmm. they carry a certain image of what people think they are so it's like how much of me can i really be yeah interesting i think that's why jim carrey for one has an issue with being famous or like keanu reeves or you know celebrities uh, that hardly give any any interviews or like private information out and stuff because mm-hmm. they want to actually keep some of their humanity geez well yeah i mean everybody wants well most people want to do that so yeah your precious kardashians are ending their show speaking of that i'm so happy i was so happy when i saw that it's it died it's been dying a long time it's over like they can no longer make their lives as exciting and like risky without it being irresponsible and weird. Mm -hmm. And like, um, uh, I mean, I don't know. Times have changed. So that's good because they have kids and stuff. So that's like weird. It was weird hearing about how Courtney had to like shut down her son's TikTok Mm -hmm. because he was giving like too much information on there. Like he's a child. Of course he is. Yeah. He was talking a lot of shit. Because people would go on there and ask questions, and he would just answer them. Yeah. So she was like, yeah, we can't be just doing that. <laughs> but I'm glad they're not going to be on the on TV anymore. It's it's over. So, yep. Sassy. She's been making noise all this whole time. <gasps> Wait. Can I ask about your lifestyle change? How's that going? Oh, yeah. It's going. I mean... We fell off the rails just a little bit, and uh, now we're back on track. I just wait before you go back on track. I need you to try this Mountain Dew Voodoo flavor thing. What have you seen those? No. There's a mystery flavor of Mountain Dew, and I need to know what you think it tastes like before I tell you what I think it tastes that like. That sounds very sketch. What the fuck? It's a mystery flavor, and it's limited. Yeah, because it's probably some accidental shit that they – oh, God, it grosses me out when people – or whenever food companies do mystery, whatever. I promise it's good. I swear. I don't even – I've never – I haven't I seen it. Too. Well, granted, I haven't gone through the soda aisle in a convenience store in a while, so I will have to look so that I can try it. You should. Sorry, there's children outside playing, so the dogs are about to – Break out. But anyway, yeah, you should. It's good. I just want to know what you think. What you think? Because I know exactly. Like it came right away, and I've heard one other person say the same answer. So interesting. <sighs> it freaks me out, but I will try it. Yay! <laughs> Experimental um, purposes. Dude, have you seen those freaking drink recipes on TikTok that are like, um, like alcoholic, like harito with like tequila, and then like. A little bit of like syrup, and it looks so good when they make drinks with like 
Haritos. I have not seen those, but anytime I see like drink mix, I'm like, okay, we're not in that anymore. So let's just keep going. <laughs> we're not doing we're not that anymore. That. Fine, I guess not. Well, and then I found a TikTok thing of just people at the at a baile. Oh so shit! Cool. <laughs> You're gonna laugh because it's just pe- it's literally looks like San Angelo people. Oh god. <laughs> at swags. Oh God! I love swag. We only so. went in there once, right? Together, you and I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, my favorite was when I took Megan Dory. Shout oh. out Megan Dory, I love you, girl. She's gonna hear this if I leave it in. But when we went dancing, she lost her damn mind and was dancing up a storm. I didn't know who that was, and I was so proud because she was she was doing cumbia dancing like super good. That was that was fun. I love going dancing with my friends and showing them my culture. My culture. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you just waltz into a fucking bar that smells like like wet carpet. Fucking what? <laughs> it smelled like wet carpet in there. Like it smelled gross. It smelled like you spilled fucking alcohol on the carpet. That's exactly what it smells like. And there's no carpet. I think there, there was at the beginning, and then it, and maybe it was through the whole thing. I can't remember. I was uh, every time I went in there, I was drunk as shit, so I don't remember. Did you dance? Did you ever dance? Yeah, because I was drunk as shit. Hello. That's the only time I would go in there. Oh, my God. Next time I have to be the designated driver. Well, I say next time, but, you know, with COVID and everything, who knows? But if we ever get to go dancing again, I'm going to be the designated driver. Get loose a little bit. I haven't haven't seen you shake a little bit. Yeah, it's going to take one drink. I haven't drank in months like i honestly think since Ooh, how do you feel march maybe uh i feel normal i guess i don't know me siento muy not bloated excited <laughs> <laughs> did we say that at the same time Almost. i said excited you said bloated i don't feel not bloated bl- i'm not so uh what's the word uh Inchada, like I'm not swollen. Yes, with the, my mom would always point that out. Yeah, with people, I'd be like, give the, give it a break, just because you don't drink, let them live their lives. My mom did the same shit, and it was always to me. Dear Lord. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm glad that you're feeling better and everything. Thank you, thank you. You got your car. Oh my God, you got your car. I got my car. Um. Yep. Oh, I was going to tell you about the future listener stories. One of the ones that I got, I think it was yesterday or maybe it was the day before, um, was Kelly and April's mom sent in her point of view from the houses. Dude, and hers are fucking scary. Like I legit was like, like I got chills every time I was reading it because each one because holy shit. Jeez. So I hope we get more so I'll be able to say those because y'all need to hear that shit. I'm going to ask my coworker. She's my friend. Oh, yeah. You're a new friend. We're on the same- okay, because making friends as adults is different and kind of weird. And like you're trying not to be creepy whenever you get excited about being their friend or whatever. But apparently she and I are on the same level. So 
um, we like talk to our husbands or she has a fiance and I have a husband obviously. So she told him certain things that I said the exact same about her to Hunter and they both said the same thing. They were like, that's creepy. You don't know this person. Okay. <laughs> that is really weird. Of course. That's a typical man answer to say like, okay, you're getting way too happy about having a new friend. Yeah. And they just look at you like you're crazy. Like, mm. Yeah. Because like, it's always a thing where you don't really know them, which I, I guess is true, but we're friends and long story short, I'm going to ask her to um, text me her scary stories so that I can put them together. Has she heard the podcast? She said she was haunted as a child. I told her not to because I was embarrassed. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> it was new because it was new. It's new for me to make friends. I don't know how to Yeah, works, you're so. like, please don't listen to me. Please don't. <laughs> don't. Don't look at my Instagram and don't know. I'm just kidding. I, we already exchanged Instagrams, so oh, – but so <laughs> it's funny. It's almost like dating, but you're but it's for friends. Like you figure them out. You're like, okay, are we going to have awkward conversations? Are we going to like be able to naturally have conversations? This – I'm being really open with this because like I said, I don't hear about a lot of people. People either stay friends forever with somebody or they just don't have friends, I guess, because I don't hear about a lot of people making friends. At this or age, app. There's a Bumble. There's like a friends. Oh yeah, app. yeah. I heard that. That's so weird, though. Those, like, it, not kind of weird. I think the not only type of people that would use that app are the kind of people that I wouldn't want to be friends with. So, damn. <laughs> yeah. So that it kills that. that. I guess I see what you're saying. It's like a weird, like they're they way too excited. Way. Yeah, it, it's just they're way. I feel like they're way too invested in trying to be friends. And I'm like a very casual person, and I don't want to hang out all the time, and I don't want to make plans every five seconds. You know what I mean? Of course. And like even texting, I don't keep up with everybody who texts me, and I have hardly anybody texting me these <laughs> days. But I am grateful. Um, I've been hanging out with Tara and Megan, so we have a group chat now. We share TikToks and um, bullshit that happens to us and um, on there, so that's fun. But what I'm trying to say is it's easier when you just run into somebody that you just get along with and then you become friends yeah. like, at work. Real or, chill you know, easy, yeah. Class. Yeah, because then you don't have to look for places to run into them or see them. Yeah. Because if you meet people online, then you for sure have to be like, let's go to Starbucks on Saturdays every month or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's like come right. up with a way. Mm -hmm. But it's a little bit easier whenever you just meet somebody that already fits into your day. Somehow. Yes. Like, you don't have to take the time. It's so convenient. That's how we it's became weird. friends. <laughs> it's true. Mm -hmm. And we stayed friends. Yes, so. we did. That says a lot. <laughs> <laughs> We just both actively – I think once you moved to Austin, like after a little bit, I like didn't talk to you as much. Uh -huh. And then this podcast happened and then now I talk to you more. But it's yeah. – it was always very chill. Even whenever we did make plans, it was like, you want to do this? Okay, maybe. Okay, cool. And then the day yeah, happens yeah. and we do it. No pressure. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just never pressure like to try to make it work. I don't know. We – We've been pretty lucky like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I get on your nerves, but I'm, I'll am i blame it mostly on my age and my immaturity. <laughs> I don't think that's true, Abby. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that's true about some of my younger friends, so I'm just going to keep I it know, real. I think you're like the youngest friend that I have at the moment. I'm pretty sure I dropped all the other ones. I don't know. I was going to say, I don't even know how you have the patience for just one, but... Uh -huh. 
<sighs> no hate on that. Well, you're adulting now. So, oh my God, wait, pause. That Barely. just reminded what? me, me saying adulting. I saw like children, and when I say children, I mean like 20s, early 20s kids are like calling the older 20 somethings and early 30 people like weirdos because we say adult uh, adulting or like shit like that like apparently they already don't say adulting it's out of date no yeah if you say adulting you're like almost fucking 70 years old according to these 20 somethings oh my god it's a new generation yeah i have got to send you this link about the the generations you would love to read it (sighs) it makes me annoyed you know Tired of all these in a heightened state, preferably. Oh, I see. I see your point there. Okay. Um, It's very interesting. It's a study of all the generations and why they're called what they are called, how all the socioeconomic events that happened during that time period affected them, which then in turn affected the generation after. Like, I always refer back to this article because it's just so interesting. That makes sense. There's so many things you can just study. Yeah. the world is just such an interesting place. Like, why do we have to start drama or be nasty? Because to each other it's just when we can just be learning shit to better understand. Like, we don't want to understand. Well, it's and the media doesn't want us to understand. Whenever I read shit like that, I'm like, humans are so like beautiful and crazy, and we do all these things, and like, it makes me happy. And then I go out into public, and I'm like. Fuck, I hate every single one of you. Like I don't yeah, I don't understand. It's a little honesty there for our listeners. Oh, we love yeah. you guys though. Yeah. I if mean, we ran into you guys, I'm sure it'd be fine because you'd get where we're coming from. But I and I'm know. sure I there are like you lose hope and regain hope all the time with humanity. Yes. But I'm sure there are plenty of people that listen that are like, I absolutely agree. Dude, what if there's a future way far from now where the youngest generation wants us to die the way we want boomers to die? I'm sure there are. I'm telling you, dude, you need to see all those TikToks of these these children making fun of people my age. Like, I thought we were all in this together after the boomers. Yeah, no, we're not. We're we're they they're they're throwing us out. Like, literally, someone oh, said. They wanted, or we need to stop saying like a Harry Potter house is like part of our like characteristics. Like our references, what the hell is wrong? Yeah, like if you put like whatever Harry Potter house you are like in your bio, like we need to stop doing that apparently. And I'm like, what the doing shit? Okay. Yeah, like I'm sorry that Jacob Team Edward on my shit. Oh, no. Okay, you know what? That's how I feel. I guess that's how I feel about how that girl the, feels about, about me. That. Yeah, like, fuck. I mean, I don't have my Harry Potter house in my bio because I do think that is slightly weird. You do be having that tattoo behind your ear. Don't think that I forgot. I do, but nobody really ever knows what it is. They're always, well. They're like, is that a radish? Yeah, and I'm like, listen, you fucking uncultured goddamn swine. It is a dirigible plum. And if you don't know what that is, don't fucking ask me. Don't fucking ask me. Just walk away. It's a subtle, oh, she a real fan. Yeah. Nobody, and even people that do read <laughs> Harry Potter are like, what the fuck's a dirigible plum? Like, clearly, you weren't paying attention. 
you know you you didn't even see the movies like it was in the movies too like i understand yeah yeah well i can't read so (laughs) i'm just (laughs) but um anyway kids are back in school everything's fucking weird it's a dystopian society Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so with that we're signing off Signing off. Good luck, everybody. Good luck and good night. Oh, am I going to – are you going to do this spiel? Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Before we say good night and goodbye, uh, thank you guys for listening to my episode, and I hope that this was a story of inspiration for you in such a vile world we live in with such horrible monsters and monstrosities taking place. Just, you know, keep your head together. Um. Reach out to us if you have an interesting story to share. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We have an email. Uh, Give us a follow on all of those platforms and keep giving us a listen. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts and keep it creepy, I guess, you know. So did we give you the creeps?